There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You hurt my feelings. Okay. In Santa Barbara, right. but I don't want those opinions in yeah, our friendship. I hear you. What we need is like a big steak. That's what I need. We big need steak. Go, go, go have your steak and have a strip bar. Go do I that, you guys. Wait, what? We're going to go to a strip bar. Go to a strip bar. Denise and Big Dick Aaron were leaving the confrontation to head to strip club and get some steak. I honor that. I respect that. Although I have to say. Denise was on Twitter when this aired, and she said they were joking about going to the strip club for a steak, and I don't believe that to be true. It didn't seem to me like they were delivering that uh, like a comedy bit or with a punchline. I legitimately think they wanted to go to a strip club for a steak, and to that I say, bravo, who among us hasn't gone to a strip club for some food? That was the only thing I was interested in seeing at a strip club when I was in college. My buddies wanted to go to this place called The Crazy Horse in Ohio, and I didn't care about the bubbies on stage. Much like the audiences of my improv shows circa 2010, I wasn't interested in anything happening on stage. I just wanted a plate of hummus and some chicken wings. And so, you know, Denise and Aaron, they should just accept the fact that they wanted to get a steak over there. Don't take it back on Twitter and say you weren't interested. Go get that steak at the strip club. Go for it. Anyway, hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. We got Real Housewives of Beverly Hills back. Kim Richards is on our screens again, where she belongs. Uh, We also have the Real Housewives in New York, which we'll get to. Uh, So much to break down. Should we just hop right in? I feel like we should hop right in. Last week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills ended on To Be Continued. They've been using that to be continues uh, real willy-nilly lately on all the shows. I feel like every episode, every week on these Bravo shows, it ends with the to be continued. And we don't always need it. We can just have an endpoint and then pick up where we left off. I don't need to always see that to be continued, because then it sort of takes the power away from the to be continued. You know, like, just give it to us sparingly, maybe once a season. Once, tops twice a season. That's what I would like. Uh, you know, Bravo editors, if you're listening, maybe just use it a little bit less than you're using it. Um, but last week we ended with Denise and Big Dick Aaron leaving Kyle's barbecue with the, the tents and the low seats. And they're storming out. Uh, that's when Aaron said he's going to crush Denise's hand, which was disgusting. And I didn't like the way he talked to the women at the thing. And the men never win when they get involved in these fights, right? The men should not get involved with the other housewives. It never works out well for them or the audience. Like, we always side with the women. And it seems like Aaron's really inserting himself, and I understand people wanting to stick up for their significant others. But we're just seeing it so much, even in the confessional at home, which, you guys, we got to talk about the at-home confessionals for Beverly Hills. Why were they so much better than New York's? (laughs) I watched New York and Beverly Hills back-to-back. I watched both episodes back-to-back, and Beverly Hills, when Kyle Richards came at her at-home confessional uh, at the uh, in the episode, I wasn't as shocked 
as I was last week when I watched New York. So then I'm thinking in my head, well, maybe I was too hard on New York last week. I thought maybe I just wasn't used to it. But then I watched New York's episode. And those New York at-home confessionals, I mean, they sound like they're recorded in a bat cave or something. I mean, I don't know what was going on underwater. They didn't give them microphones. And I don't understand the Beverly Hills women. They sound like they're mic'd. Why did the New York women not get microphones? And shouldn't there be a larger budget? I know we'll talk about New York in a little bit. But shouldn't New York have a full budget to throw them some microphones? Mics don't cost that much. I'm talking on one right now. I'm not saying they're cheap, but let me just say you can get them. And I'm sure Bravo has some sort of deal with the company. They're going to send them a mic for free or rental or something. Why couldn't they get New York microphones? Bethany Frankel was making, what, between a half a million and a million dollars per episode? She abruptly decided not to come back, so shouldn't that have freed some money up in the budget for them to send Elise a microphone? I'm not sure. Um, but the Beverly Hills at-home confessionals at least were really, I thought they were good. They didn't, they fit in more seamlessly. They seemed to be better lit. They were in brighter locations. Uh, they just seemed overall much, much better. Um, but Aaron, appeared in Denise's at-home confessional, and I just, he's coming on screen a lot. Uh, I'm still unsure what he does for a living. That's unclear to me. I would like someone to just put up his resume or something. I I don't know what we need to do to clear that up. Um, But at one point, he was just like heating Denise's hand, and she she was surprised it wasn't burning or something. And I didn't know what that meant. Did he go to school for that? I mean, he basically like microwaved Denise's hand. And I just didn't understand, and forgive me if any of you out there work uh, in the similar field as Big Dick Aaron, but I don't quite get what his occupation is. Uh, It's still very unclear to me. But he's also going to be a soap opera star. Did you guys see this? You know how the soaps are filming now uh, with this COVID-19? They can't do the love scenes like they usually do. So the actors on there either make love to like a dummy, Uh, I mean, not... Not Aaron, not a dummy, not a stupid person, but like a, you know, a a doll. So they either make love to a doll or their significant other comes in. And so Denise opted for not the doll dummy and she opted for Aaron dummy to come in. Excuse me. Uh, But he's going to be doing the love scenes with her. And I, I think that's a great plan. But we're seeing a lot of Aaron, a lot on the show. And, you know, he wants to stick up for the wife. I get that. I understand that. And she's in a hot seat this season. Rinna said at this episode, like, these women tend to focus on one thing, and they can't get off it. And right now, they're focused on this Denise threesome talk. And it seems like we're not letting go. The difference, I think, with this season, whereas previous seasons, when they stick on one issue, I was exhausted by it. This season, I feel like they're giving us a lot of, like, weird side stuff happening, like the Dorit Italianness, which we'll get to, um, that I'm loving. And we're also getting a lot of side characters. So you know, we'll talk more about that. But uh, I'm loving this season, despite the fact that they're all harping on this Denise threesome talk, which I'm just like, enough is enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough with it. We get it. It just, they're overdoing that. But Denise and Aaron are leaving. Rinna runs like hell after them. And Rinna says that Denise always hides when she has an issue. Uh, Denise says to Rinna, look, I want to talk to you privately. I have problems with something you said to me on our vacation. Uh, And then Denise says, 
Aaron can't, can't be here anymore. I cannot subject him to this. He deals with cancer. He deals with cancer. I can't subject him to this. He deals with cancer. And that's when they showed the flashback to Aaron microwave in Denise's hand. And I had more questions than I had answers when they started showing that because it just didn't make any sense to me. What does that mean he deals with cancer? He's not a doctor. Does he have a PhD? I'm not talking about in the Kelly Dodd way of a pretty huge dick. I'm talking about does he have an actual diploma or any sort of certification, really? I'd take anything. I mean, even an email. I'd, any sort of certification that Aaron has, I'd like to see. Forward me that email. I don't know if he, online college or whatever the education background is, I'd like to know because I'm just a little confused. Um, Garcelle, meanwhile, while all the other women are in that tent, that hut, uh, Garcelle says that Aaron shouldn't have get involved. She's right. He shouldn't. Uh, Denise, again, she just says, we're going to go to the strip club for a steak. And then Rinna runs away. Rinna, like, to Denise's face, she's like, okay, we'll talk. And she's being really nice. And then she runs away. And she's like, that was so fucking weird. (laughs) Although it was really shady. And she shouldn't have said that behind Denise's back. Like, she should have said that to Denise's face. Like, you're being so fucking weird. Instead, she said it when she was running off. And I was actually really relating to that. I was like, who hasn't been in a conversation where you're talking to the person and you're like, I don't even know what the fuck they're saying. You you almost get like bamboozled in the moment and you don't understand what you're both even talking about. And then it takes like running away or walking away, in my case, <laughs> to be like, what just happened? Like, I don't even understand the combo we just had. Um, but it was funny. She, Rena said it's like the Twilight Zone. So then we cut to the car ride of Denise and Aaron. Uh, and Denise is really mad at Rena. And Denise hates Kyle Richards. Hates her. And she's not even hiding it a little bit. And I, I am so excited to watch it develop even further. Because she said in the car ride, she's like, Kyle's a fucking idiot. And she's just losing it. And in a good way on Kyle. And I'm very interested in seeing these shades of Denise and Denise not giving a fuck. And I imagine, I hope and I imagine that at the reunion, which God willing, we get an in-person reunion. I can't do the Zooms anymore. I've had enough. We did the Atlanta one was great. And then now I'm done with it. Shaws of Sunset is doing reunion like six months after their season airs. I'm like, what is, what's the point of this? What are we doing this for? <laughs> do we need it? I don't know. Um, but they're doing it anyway. And uh, I hope we get an in-person reunion for Beverly Hills, because I feel like Denise is really going to bring it. I just get that sense. I know some people had skepticism if she'd even show up at a reunion. But I feel like she'll be there, and I feel like she'll be bringing it. And she'll definitely bring it to Kyle, and I'm excited for that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, back at Kyle's barbecue, she drags everyone into the tent. And I got to say, they were sitting at that low table. And at one point, I don't know if this was in the last episode or this one, but Sutton's like, I can't even get up. I think she said she was going to like go chase after Denise. She's like, I can't even get up from this fucking table. (laughs) That's the point. That table was just too fucking low to the ground. And again, I know I said this before, but poor Teddy's preggers. And she can't even get up from that fucking table. And then Kyle drags them all into a tent. Let's just get some like, you know, adult level playing fields here. You know, what, what happened to a normal-sized table? Now they all go, to, go lay in a tent. Um, but she drags them all in there. She makes Edwin be in charge of the kids. And then something happened that really upset me. Garcelle left. Now, Garcelle's missed so many of these group events. 
And now she's even leaving early. I'm like, where the fuck are you going? You were at this filming. I didn't think she had anything else today and she's leaving. And I love Garcelle. And that's where the frustration comes in because she's such a great addition. And I, I'm so excited to learn more about her, more about Sutton, but I can't learn more about them when they keep leaving the camera. Uh, but she, you know what? She lucked out because she left and then Kyle did the splits. So Garcelle left really in the nick of time. Um, although I would have liked her to be there. Uh, on a personal level, I do feel happy for her that she didn't have to witness that. Um, but all the women just started dancing on the pole, did the splits. Um, they were having fun together and they were tipsy. Wasn't it fun? I thought it was fun that they were tipsy. And I had said on Twitter, there's a big difference between Roni drunk and Beverly Hills drunk. And Beverly Hills drunk, I do think is the healthier version of drunk. I will say that Beverly Hills, they get tipsy, they giggle, they laugh, they, they throw shade at whoever's not there. It's very related. I, I feel like that's, it's a tipsy, it's like a pregame drunk, right? And then New York, they get blacked out drunk. <laughs> they just, they obliterate each other and they slur and they are mean. <laughs> it's also very entertaining and relatable, but in a completely different kind of way. But Beverly Hills, they were having so much fun in that tent. And it was just a, it was a different kind of drunk, different kind of drunk. So then uh, we cut to a bunch of these individual scenes. We see Teddy at the OBGYN which it made me sad. There were so many people at this doctor's office, and now you can't do that. Now the doctor, you can't even have someone in with you because of the COVID-19, at least here in LA. No one could come in. And so it made me sad. Teddy had the whole crew there. Um, her, their kids are adorable, but it seems to me like Teddy's being like edited out of these episodes because they didn't even like sit at that OBGYN for longer than 45 seconds. It was like, that's enough of Teddy. <laughs> and I feel like that was her, her only individual scene this season was like, a quick little clip of her at the OBGYN with music over it. We didn't even hear her speak, I don't think. Was she even mic'd? I don't even think they gave her one of those mics. They saved them for the at-home confessionals. Anyway, uh, we cut to uh, Garcelle and the assistant, uh, uh, Taz, who I love. Taz has been in a lot of episodes. Is that the assistant or the nanny? I'm not sure, but she's a gem and a keeper, and they were packing the house. Garcelle's moving. We cut to Sutton's store. She's doing a trunk show. Rinna shows up to try and address and then models it for the tour buses outside. Then we see at Dorit's house. I'm loving Dorit, you guys. I have a newfound appreciation for Dorit. Everything she does, I'm on the edge of my seat, enjoying every last, savoring every second Dorit's on our screen. She's giving us like weird fashions. And you guys know, if you listen to the show, I haven't always been a Dorit fan. You know, I, I kind of thought she was not good for the show for a while. Now, I think she's the best housewife we've got on these franchises. Very bizarre. Uh, very, we learn these new little details at any given moment. Meanwhile, she's at her house and she's uh, doing a new closet design. She's got 229 pairs of shoes. And she, remember that sketch on YouTube? Sh- oh my God, shiz. Shiz. Oh my God, shiz. Um, <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. Others of you are very unclear. Uh, but Dorit has 229 pairs of shoes, and they're redoing the closet. This is a very Sex in the City. I feel like Dorit had just watched the Sex in the City movie, which some of you had been asking if I'm going to recap, and I might have to recap Sex in the City at some point. I might do it. I'd like the whole series, maybe we'll do like a special, I'm not sure yet. But I feel like she watched that movie, and then she's like, I got to design the closet like Carrie Bradshaw. And again, I don't believe their finances. I don't think PK, 
has the same kind of, kind of financial situation as Big did in the Sex and the City movie. But uh, they are going to be redoing the closet. The master bedroom was a bit of a mess, right? There were clothes everywhere. Dorit's house, again, reminds me of one of the Vanderpump Rules farmhouses. Uh, I don't know. I don't, Dorit, I'm entertained by every last second. I'm every last, give me every last drop of Dorit. Then we cut to Kim and Kyle. Kim and Kyle, Kim's wearing a choker. Ah, I was so happy to see Kim. And I do love my Kim Richards. And I feel like she's in a good place now. I hope we get to see more of her. I was really fingers crossed for a confessional. Uh, This was also the first time we saw Kyle's at-home confessional. And Kyle said, you know, look, Kim and I, we've had our problems in the past. When we're getting along, we're good. But when we're not, we're not. And then they show a montage of Kyle and Kim. And I really think this is like the the crux of the series or the, the meat of this show, of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, has always been the Kim and Kyle dynamic. And so when we don't have Kim, I think we really miss something. And I know every season since Kim's been gone, she's popped in for an episode or two. And I just would encourage a little bit more, even a little bit more. I'm not saying she has to be full-time. Uh, I know some people get darked out by her storyline, but I do think we should get a little bit more because the Kim and Kyle stuff is A, so relatable with people with siblings. After everything that I have done for you, everything I've done for you, I'm always there for you. Everything you've done for me? Yeah, yeah, everything I've done for you. You stole my goddamn house! And B, just such compelling drama, interesting and I do think Kim, it looks like she's in a good place. So I hope, I hope we get a little bit more of her this season. She is doing some surgery on, uh, speaking of bubbies we talked about earlier. She's doing some surgery, getting, uh, the bubbies deflated. I, I think they said she's getting both implants removed and an uplift. And I gotta say, when she was getting them checked out by the doctor, I was cracking up. It was like a good, I got a good belly laugh because Kim was so free with those things out. And I wouldn't be, I'm scared to even take my top off. You know, when I go to the doctor and they say, take off your blouse, I'm like, you know what? I'd like to keep it on, please. You know, (laughs) pull down your pants. I'd say, no, thanks. You know, buy me dinner first and we'll talk about it. But Kim seems so happy to just open up the the blouse and show off the boobs. And what was really funny to me was this was like brief little moment, the doctor who kissed her on the way in, which I don't kiss my doctor on the cheek, not even on the cheek. Nowhere do I kiss my doctors. But Kim kissed him on the cheeks, and then as he was leaving, the doctor gave her a big hug while her her blouse was open, her hospital gown or whatever that was. It was open, and the doctor just hugged her with the boobs up. And that was just shocking to me. It was on camera, and I don't think there was any sort of malice or ill intent. It was just something my eyes like, couldn't adjust to, because I, I never expected something like that to happen. But it did happen. And everyone seemed okay with it. Everyone, Kyle was giggling about it as if she just was, I don't know, watching like um, uh, Tignataro's Comedy Central special or something. I don't know. She was like cracking up the whole doctor's visit. And I was too. Um, but yeah, the doc, the two docs, everyone was in that room too. Everyone was in. There was like a nurse, a camera crew, Kyle, the two doctors. I mean, who else was going to, I thought the cast of uh, Escape to Witch Mountain was going to show up at one point. I mean, everyone was in there. It was like a family reunion or something. Then, um, let's see, we cut to Denise teaching Sammy, the daughter, to drive a big Ford Raptor. And look, everything about Denise and Aaron, they remind, they feel familial to me. They feel like 
I'm, I'm from Ohio. Of course, my family's all there. I love my family in Ohio. And they feel very Ohioan to me. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, between the big Ford Raptor and going to the strip club for the steak, I mean, that feels at home. Um, but I did feel for Sammy because she's having, uh, Big Dick Aaron teach her to drive. And I was thinking to myself, the idea that Sammy and Denise's uh, children, they have three options to teach them how to drive. The three options are Denise Richards, star of Starship Troopers and Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, Big Dick Aaron, who, uh, unclear what he does. And Charlie Sheen, of course, of, uh, Two and a Half Men. And I just watched, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off again, which I love that movie. Classic. Um, Charlie Sheen has such a great scene in that with Jennifer Gray, who Jennifer Gray watching it as an adult, I just have to say, Jennifer Gray as Ferris Bueller's sister, iconic performance, flawless. Where's her Oscar? Give it to her because that was a performance. And she really steals that movie. Anyway, neither here nor there. The point is, these girls have those three options to teach them how to drive. At a certain point, I think maybe they should just hire someone, because I'm not sure that those are the best three people to teach anyone to drive, or do anything, anything at all. Um, but, you know, he, he did, he taught her, and the girl was saying, she said, a hot dog and hamburger for the break in gas. Um, and I really like that Sammy. She's creative, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with these girls. They seem level-headed, they seem smart, and I don't know, they seem like good people, and I'm, I, I feel good about that. Then, you guys, we get one of my favorite scenes maybe I've ever seen in Housewife history. It was so good. It was Rinna and Erica. They go for some cool sculpting, and I gotta say, I was very hesitant about this scene. I thought, are we gonna get another commercial? Is this just gonna be an in-episode commercial for cool sculpting, I was ready to hate it. I started typing in my notes like, ugh, are we going to get a commercial? Ugh, that's how I was feeling. And then the scene took a turn, and I got so happy. First of all, Rinna tells the doctor, who the doctor looks like Eric Jane's husband, um, the Tom Girardi. They're both uh, you know, closer to death than birth, and they got a, a balding, they look... Uh, exactly like the doctor and Tom Girardi. And so we're already noticing that. And so Rinna's telling the doctor that Erica's going to play Roxy on Broadway. And so Erica starts doing the cool sculpting on the stomach, and she's like, you're my type. And she's sort of flirting with this doctor. She's sort of flirting with him. And I don't believe that, even with his access to medicine, that he's really interested in in anything sexual. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, and I believe that's okay, and I, I celebrate that. And when I'm that age, I'm not sure I'm going to be interested in anything sexual either. Like, what, well, he must have been at close to 80, right? I'd say 70 to 80. Which, again, God bless if you do have a happy, healthy sexual life at that age, because that's, you know, something to be proud of. But I'm just saying myself, I'm not sure that I'm going to be interested in, in flirting or, or doing anything sort of sexual. And so the fact that Erica was just like flirting with this very elderly man, and maybe I'm getting his age wrong, but I believe by the looks of things on my TV and my expert opinion is that he's between 70 and 80 plus. And so she was flirting with him. I'm like, Erica, I don't think he's interested in anything. But she's like kind of like doing like fake orgasms while she's getting the cool sculpting done on her stomach. And then uh, as if the scene can't get any better, Rinna gets on the table. And she's going to do the cool sculpting on her butt. And so first of all, she, oh, wow. She, she sits down and they put, her on, they put the paddles on her butt. And, oh, wow. 
oh, oh. Brenna does a lot of that kind of work. She does a lot of O work. Like, oh, wow, wow, oh. <laughs> a lot. We've seen that in every scene. That's Rinna's like go to response when she's not sure. Uh, just wow, oh, wow, wow, oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, she uh, then says, as she's getting paddled on the ass, she says, let's talk about Chicago. So Rinna's laying down her butt. She's got a thong on the butts out on the table. Uh, butts up. She, let's talk about Chicago. Let's talk about Chicago. What was the hardest part of the show? Do you remember? You're going to have a monologue when you talk about fame. You're going to relate to it. Erica, it's what we've all strived to have. Fame is a high. No truer lines have I ever spoken. Really? I swear to God. It's who I am. Wow. Because there's no shame in the game. We all come from a place of need. It was perfect. It was a flawless scene. It was so insane uh, talking about fame and how she needs adoration as she's on this TV show where she's getting a discount on cool sculpting to look better for the TV show. And she's doing it on camera. It's all so humiliating. And yet it's all for the fans and for fame. And oh my gosh, you guys, it was so prophetic. This scene, I, I can't even unpack how prophetic it was. It just was fantastic. It was fantastic. And a lot of hospital work this episode, because then we cut to Kyle and Kim. Kim's getting ready for the surgery. Uh, again, I miss a confessional. I miss a confessional. Um, she doesn't get one, but we do see her. She gets the anesthesia. And I'm actually, you guys, getting anesthesia tomorrow. I'm doing uh, some more tests. Everything's fine. It's just some routine tests. You guys know I've been dealing with some health stuff. And uh, I'm doing the anesthesia, and I'm like scared for it. But seeing that Kim Richards did it, uh, made it a little bit better. I gotta say, we gotta take a little detour here because I, not that I want to talk about my health issues again, because I know you guys are probably sick of it, but I gotta say, I've been, you know, having these like stomach issues is like one of the problems I've been having. And I had to go and get like x-rays and do like the upper GI and all that stuff, uh, which were, they look at your insides. And it's all stemming from this appendix surgery I had in January. I had appendicitis and they had to remove my appendix. And so my mom calls and checks up on me all the time. Linda Pellegrino, she's constantly, Dan, how you feeling today? Dan, how are you? Dan, how are you feeling? She calls me every hour on the hour, basically. <laughs> and she just called me a couple days ago. She's like, Dan, I just thought of something. And I'm like, what, mom? She's like, well, when they're in there, when they're doing your tests on Friday, she's like, you got to make sure they didn't leave something in there when they gave you your appendectomy. And I'm like, what are you talking about, mom? She's like, they could have left something in there, Dan. Haven't you heard about that? You see it all the time. Sometimes they leave a rag or a scalpel or a book. You see it on the TV shows all the time. They leave something in there when they open you up. And then uh, you're stuck with it, and it causes more issues. And I'm like, first of all, mom, like, let's break this down. You're thinking they just left a piece of equipment uh, in my stomach, when they gave, when they took out my appendix, and they didn't notice that they left a rag or a scalpel when they removed the appendix. They don't open you up that big. When they take the appendix out, they go in through the belly button. What could they have left in there accidentally? Second of all, I said, I've done x-rays and everything since then. So uh, they would have seen a, a scalpel or a book if they left it in there. Finally, I said, what do you mean they, a book? Why would they leave a book in there? Who's reading the Da Vinci Code while they're taking out my appendix? Like, what? in what world 
is the doctor uh, in between reading a David Sedaris essay. And then he takes out the appendix and accidentally drops the Kindle in my abdomen and then closes me up. In what world? And I said, Mom, Dan, you don't know. Sometimes they leave things in there. I said, in what world, Mom? They would have caught it by now. And wouldn't I have noticed if a whole book was in my belly? I think I would have paid attention to that. I think I would have felt it. And I'm not saying we always know exactly what's going on with our bodies, but I feel like I would have recognized that. She said, Dan, well, you know what? You just better have them check. While they're in there, just have them check. <laughs> so Linda, God bless her. I don't know. She thinks uh, something's in there. A fancy AF cocktail book is just sitting in my belly. Uh, and that's been causing my issues. Um, so we'll see. You know, I go for the test on Friday. Uh, so we'll see. But Kim, back to Kim and Kyle. Kim's getting the anesthesia. She's. They do talk a lot about Kim and Kyle's mom and the breast cancer. And Kyle talks about how she hates hospitals. She cries. Uh, and, I, you know, it's sad. I, I wondered the logistics of this because Kim's not a main cast member. And so I wondered if there was like some sort of deal to get the surgery. Because oftentimes when we see businesses or doctors, they give like the cool sculpting. I'm sure Erica and Renee got that for free. So was there some sort of deal? And did Kim need Kyle to come film this for a deal? Or was it just genuinely like, this is what's going on? And we can talk about their parents and all of that. Because I did find the scene very compelling, but uh, I just wondered the money logistics of this. Anyway, then we cut to Garcelle moving. She reveals she has a date. She also talks a little bit about her dad. She said she doesn't pick men who are emotionally available because her dad left when she was three. And then she reveals that the dad sent the mom a letter, and the mom never gave it to her and then lost it. And that's, that was heartbreaking to me. You got to give the letter. If somebody gives you a letter, you just hand it off. And also, that's why you, you know, send it direct. She, he could have emailed it or sent it in the mail at her address gave, instead of giving it to the mom. I, if somebody gave me a letter, I, you know, I know there was a lot, of, a lot of logistics there, but I felt bad for Garcelle. I did, and I like learning more about her. I just want her more in the mix. Then we cut to Sutton's trunk show. I, when Kyle showed up, I was just thinking, she must be jealous about Aileen, too. You remember that? Aileen, too, didn't really last. Uh, and then we get this moment where Dorit shows up, and she speaks Italian to the jeweler. And it's revealed that Dorit, Dorit Kemsley, who's now married to Pekai, she was engaged to an Italian man and lived in Italy. She was engaged to someone named Antonio. And now she's designing a room in Abuca de Beppo. And I love that journey for Dorit. She's truly made it full circle from almost marrying an Italian man to suddenly designing one room in a local Abuca de Beppo. I thought, that's full circle moment. And I celebrate that with Dorit. And I, again, love her so, so much. And she was speaking so much Italian to this man. And I didn't realize the ties that Dorit had to Italian culture. And as a Pellegrino myself, uh, an Italian uh, man, I just feel like her journey is, um, I feel like I myself is finally represented on screen is basically what I'm trying to say. And so I really appreciate that. And also as someone who loves a Buca di Beppo family style meal, uh, you know, I celebrate Dorit. I celebrate Dorit. I know there's a lot of talk about taking down different monuments um, of our past and removing different people from our history books who have had problematic uh, impacts on American society. And people are saying, take down this statue and take down that one. And I just like to suggest, gently suggest that maybe if we need to lose the, lose 
uh, Columbus, Christopher Columbus, if we need to take down that statue or monument, maybe we replace it with Dorit. You know, we could pop up a, a concrete version of Dorit, you know, and put that in our history books. Because she's an Italian that we should be celebrating, you know? She's someone we should be celebrating. And just a suggestion. Just a suggestion. I don't know who's listening, who anyone in our government or our leaders. <laughs> I'm sure they're not listening, but, you know, she's an option. So then Kyle reveals that she's doing a black and white party. Um, she tells everyone at this thing. I can't wait to, by the way, because we see previews and everyone shows up. We get Eileen, we get Brandy, we get Adrian Maloof and the Maloof uh, Camille returns next week. Very excited about that. Uh, then Denise and Aaron show up, and I don't really know why Aaron was coming. Denise said that they had to go to dinner afterwards, but she should have left him at home because, again, no one wins in this situation. Denise doesn't win. Aaron doesn't win. The women don't win. It's not good when a man gets in the mix here. Uh, no one comes out looking good. So I wish they would have just left Aaron at home. But uh, Denise goes to the pooper, and she goes to take a number two. And while she's there, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to pretend when these women go to the bathroom that they're taking a big old dump, but it makes me laugh. And I apologize for the humor. A lot of you are rolling your eyes at me. But um, when Denise went to take a dump, then Aaron was left alone with the women. And that's when Kyle Richards was like, look, I don't want to bring this up without Denise here. Um, So we'll wait till Denise gets back. And then without missing a, a beat, Erica Jane just says, Aaron, you called us bad people. What the fuck was that about? And it was just like, it was perfect because it was like Kyle was just explaining how they weren't going to talk about something without Denise. And then Erica Jane brings it up not two seconds later. And Aaron's response to Erica was, well, it's up for interpretation. And I thought, what? And then Erica really goes up against Aaron. And I appreciated this. I like Erica this season. I feel like she's She's doing a good job. And Aaron's being so condescending, belittling. And Teddy stuck up and she said, you know what you're doing. Erica said he was mansplaining. I think Teddy is speaking very clearly. She was the last episode, too. I think she's saying, like, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And I always say, um, sometimes when I'm fighting my boyfriend or friend, I always say, like, you're not stupid. Like, you know, people do... People do gymnastics when they're talking to you sometimes to try to trick you into thinking something or a thing happened a certain way. And I always say, like, you're not stupid. I know you're not stupid. And it sort of disarms people a little bit when you say that because you're complimenting them, right? You're saying they're intelligent. And so then they start to think about it in a different way. And it's like, you're basically saying, I'm on to you. I know what you're trying to get me to think or believe, and it's not working. And that's what Teddy was saying. She's saying, you know what you're doing. She didn't say, you're smarter than this, but she said, you know what you're doing. Uh, and Teddy said, you're going the moral high ground. And uh, Aaron said something like, do you want to go there? And Erica's like, do you want to go there? And he's like, yeah, let's go there. I can go there. I can go around and backwards and forwards and backwards. And <laughs> crazy talk. It was crazy talk. Uh, and Denise shows up uh, from her dump. <laughs> sorry. Okay, you guys, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep saying dump. Excuse me. I apologize. I know it's gross. I'm gross. Anyway, Denise shows back up. She wasn't really taking a dump. I'm just kidding. But she shows back up. And she's like, look, I'm fine. Let's move on. And Teddy's like, well, if you're not upset, why were you calling me names? And and this is getting to the point where I'm starting to be like, okay, let's drop this. Let's get another storyline because I'm over it. Um, But eventually, Denise and Aaron just decide they're leaving. And that's not also a solution either. I think that's boring, too, on this show. Like, I can't 
when people just like leave and decide they're not filming anymore. Like they're over a fight. It's like, you can't be over it. We have to talk about this. And then I worry that's what happens on Beverly Hills too. It's like, we can't get over the fight. That's why we harp on it for so long. Um, anyway, Erica goes and has a piece of salami. Then Dorit chases after Denise. And I believe that Dorit like stepped in a bush. Somebody stepped in a bush. I'm not sure. Somebody stepped in a bush and we just saw, there was like a close up of a foot in a bush and I believe it to be Dorit. And, you know, again, every frame that Dorit is on our screens, I'm eating it up and salivating over it because it's so much fun. Um, but Dorit chases after Denise and says, look, you're upset, but you're saying you're not. And she tries to talk to them rationally. And Denise says, well, there's paparazzi here and I'm not doing it. And, and Dorit's like, well, what the fuck? There's no paparazzi here. There's no, who, the, who the fuck are you talking about? What paparazzi? Anyway, that was the end of the episode. They leave. Garcelle wasn't even at the Sutton event. Where's Garcelle at the group events? Next week, we get Kyle's party. I'm very excited for, again, Eileen, Brandy, Adrian, Camille. Camille, I'm excited to see what happens with her because she last season we left Camille. She was being a big hot mess. Let's see where she's at now. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash everything iconic. We got to talk about Roni. Luke, you're done. You do want him. You're done. 
No, look, you're done. No, look. <laughs> you're done. Don't want you in my show, you bitch. Oh my god. I'm oh, yeah. Sonia Morgan. I find that taught you something. Does she does oh, not love to talk to you like that. She's f- I hate that. She's a warrior thing out. That's not acceptable behavior. I'm a warrior. You're I'm a, a warrior. funny girl. You're a funny You're girl, funny. just like Fanny Blaze. I love the whole end of the episode, the Luann and Sonia argument about the cabaret show. Luann was just storming out of the room yelling, You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. You do want me. You're done. (laughs) Meanwhile, Dorinda was talking to Sonia, and she was just drunk as a skunk, saying, We're warriors. She don't love you like that, and you need to be a warrior. Do you need me to be a warrior? I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. I think this episode was much better than last week's. Last week's, I was thrown off guard with all of those at-home confessionals. Uh, from underwater. It was just too much for me to handle. This week, still a bit messy. And by a bit, I mean quite a bit. Um, But it's much better than last week. You know, I mentioned on Beverly Hills, we have all of these side characters coming back, right? Camille's coming back, Adrian, the whole gang. And on New York, I feel like we just don't have any side characters. And I'm really confused about the budget of it all. Because like I mentioned in the Beverly Hills recap, Bethany didn't show up at the last minute, she decided. So that should have freed up a lot of money in the budget. Tinsley left halfway through the season, so that should have freed up a lot of money in the budget. They have a five-person cast. They're not taking extravagant trips, right? So far, we've only been to Ramona's house, Dorinda's house. Uh, They go to Rhode Island or wherever the fuck they went. It was like, we're not taking these super extravagant trips. On Beverly Hills, they go out of the country. They're going to Italy. So where is the budget going? What's happening with it? They're not buying microphones, that's for certain. But they could have spent some money to bring back some people or bring in some new people. The only new person we got was Elise. And look, I want to like Elise, and she seems like a wonderful human being. She seems wonderful, but she's just not, I don't believe, made for TV, which is a a, a completely acceptable, wonderful thing. It probably means she's more stable in real life than you know, anyone else. But she's not a great camera presence. Although I will say that confessional where she's wearing that black dress, she looks stunning. She looks stunning. I know that uh, that goes against what I'm just saying, but I don't think Elise is a great presence on TV. And so I don't understand why they didn't bring in more people. We got like a brief little appearance from Jill, but whereas on Beverly Hills, they give those people confessionals or Kim Richards just had a storyline on Beverly Hills and she's not even a main cast member. Brandy Glanville, we know from the previews, is going to have a full story arc on the season. So on New York, I don't know why they didn't throw some money at some of our ex-cast members. If they were really in a pinch and they couldn't find new people, then let's bring in the old cast members for a little arc. Not a main, not saying they should be main cast members or hold an apple, but more than just showing up at a dinner and not even barely being mic'd. Like, Jill didn't have any lines last week. She just sort of popped in and out. It's like, let's give those side characters some meat. And so it rounds out the season, because that's what New York is missing. It's like, we just have these five people, and there's no one really on the peripherals making anything happen or anything interesting going on. And I feel like they must have money. Where did the money go? I I don't understand. Maybe... Bravo cut the budget on them or something. But I don't believe that could have been true because if Tinsley just left halfway willy-nilly without telling anyone until the last minute, that should have freed up her half-season salary. 
So bring in some new people. I know Heather comes in next week. Thank goodness. Holla. Um, <laughs> hey, mama. She's coming in next week and I'm excited, but I still feel like she'll just pop in for dinner and then she'll leave and it, it, she won't even be, I, I won't have anything happening. And I need, I need more going on because that's what Beverly Hills has that I'm noticing New York just doesn't have. And when New York had a stronger cast, I think they were fine getting by when they had Bethany. Bethany really steered the ship. And although she would piss us off at many times, I think she really steered the ship. And now it feels like the women, I believe that without Bethany and then with Tinsley leaving, I I, I just think, and I don't know this to be true, but I imagine they were all like, oh, fuck, like we got to make this season good because we... Our plan went out the window, and so instead they're just drinking a lot. They're like, well, we'll get drunk a lot. And the drinking is just like, to me, it's not even fun anymore. And I always loved when New York would drink, but now it's every week they're getting so, so wasted, overly wasted. Uh, and it's just, it's enough is enough to me. But I was so happy to be at Dorinda's house. I was so happy to be at the Berkshires, and she had the Christmas tree up, and I just felt so happy. That really made me feel good inside. It made me feel good. She was in the Berkshire's house from the flooding. She got it all fixed. It looks great. It's beautiful. And I, I, I was hoping for a little bit more Christmas decorations, although I did see it like a nutcracker on a end table, and then the tree was beautiful. And it's still mixed. She's got the Halloween decorations with, with the Christmas stuff. And that time of year is just so special. I love that time of year in between Halloween and Thanksgiving. Oh, it's a beautiful time of year. And so I was happy to be there. I will say that Dorinda was like calling the women to invite them. And it was revealed Jill Zarin was trying to go to Dorinda's house in the Berkshires. And then Jill Zarin said on like an Instagram live that Dorinda told her she couldn't come. And so Jill didn't end up coming. And I wish that Jill would have been there again just for some, some extra something because we need something else here. Like the more people there, the better. I wish they would have invited three more people. I wish Carol would have been there and Heather and the whole, if they couldn't have gotten new people. Of course, I'd much rather like, let's discover some new stars on these shows instead of always bringing back old people. But if we don't have new stars, then let's bring some old people to round it out. Uh, so then we see Sonia and Elise. Um, they meet at Sonia's house. Sonia says, I went to the spa after the Halloween party because I needed to regroup. And is anyone noticing a pattern? Like Sonia gets really wasted and then she goes to what she calls a spa and I just noticed she does this all the time. Every time I, she's in an interview, she's like, well, I got really wild that night or that season or that month. So then I had to go to a wellness retreat. And I don't know. It just, you should be able to drink. <laughs> maybe this is too much to ask of certain people. Maybe, maybe I'm being crazy. But shouldn't you be able to go out and have a good time and drink and then not have to immediately go to a wellness retreat the next day, you know, to recover? Once in a while, sure. Once in a while, but every time you drink, you shouldn't like need to immediately go to a wellness retreat spa um, to get yourself together. Uh, but Sonia reveals she came in hot. She was, she said, I came in hot like I was at a gay party, she says, in regards to that Halloween dinner. Uh, then we see an uh, at-home confessional from Elise, which I did not think we were getting. But Elise reveals that her and Ramona are not friends anymore. Uh, then she says Ramona like massaged her husband at a pool over the summer, which was a weird detail that we were just learning now. I feel bad for Elise and I, I want, I like her. I feel like I really like her in real life. It's just on TV. She's not super magnetic. Then we cut to Luann and Leah. Luann never looked better. Uh, Leah's super hungover. They're going shopping. Ramona shows up uh, and they talk about Dorinda. 
And Ramona says that Dorinda's still mourning the death of Richard. She said, that's why, what's going on. That's why Dorinda's being so mean to me. And then she said, Tinsley's gone now, so that's why she's being mean to me. And I think Ramona's just looking for reasons of why Dorinda's acting the way she is. And it's probably a mix of all these reasons, but also I think the largest part of it is that Ramona's a monster. And so Dorinda's just reacting to that. Um, but of course, Dorinda reacts in, in a crazy ways, right? Like when she gave that speech, <laughs> which they flash back to. Um, at that dinner table. I mean, Dorinda's not acting the best ways, but it's at least a little bit entertaining. But Ramona's looking for reasons why. Uh, Leah then in this scene debuted a new at-home confessional look. So now we're learning more about these at-home confessionals and the fact that we're not just getting one look, we're getting at least two, uh, which was surprising to me because the regular confessionals had, a, I think, two or three looks already which is more than we normally get in a season. So normally in a season, I believe they get three to four looks each season. Each woman, each woman gets three to four. I believe it's three, but it might be four. Uh, so I was surprised that we're getting so many looks from Leah um, and from all of these women. And that's exciting to me. But Leah debuted this look that looked like Mora from Schitt's Creek, uh, Catherine O'Hara. I mean, it looked like something she would be wearing in that sitcom. And I loved it and also hated it at the same time. But I appreciated that Leah was giving us something, even from at home. I was like, good job, Leah. Like, it's given us something to talk about, something to judge, something to look twice at. And that's what I need from these women. And that's what uh, the best housewives do. I talked about my love for Dorit lately, which wasn't always so. But one of the things I'm liking about Dorit is like, every time I see her, I'm like, what the fuck are you wearing? And so I w- appreciate that Leah on The Real House of New York, she gives us one look. That is just like a long sleeve tee, the married to the mob tee. And then the next look is some batshit insane uh, flower power, red, I don't know what you would call it. Um, but you would look at it and you'd say, what the fuck? And then she's giving us that. And so I, bravo to Leah. It's something to look at. Um, I do love Leah left and then Ramona and Luann were just sitting there talking to each other. And those scenes are my favorite. Luann and Ramona have the most awkward chemistry and they would never be friends in real life. I don't believe if the show weren't a thing, um, but they were talking together. It's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable. Luann like towers over Ramona too. She's so much uh, taller, statuesque than Ramona, both stunningly beautiful, but um, there's a big height difference, and Luann never looks Ramona in the eye. She looks over her. It's like she's looking at something in the distance. And I'm a tall person myself. I'm 6'3", and I often talk to short people, but I don't look over them. You know, when I'm having a deep conversation with them, Luann was literally looking like she was off in the distance, and Ramona's looking up at her, and neither one of them know how to make eye contact. They don't. Ramona doesn't make eye contact either because she's just thinking about herself the whole time. And I, maybe that's a sign of narcissism. We're not sure. Um, but I believe that you should look someone in, at least in the general direction, uh, the vicinity of their eyes and face when you're having a deep conversation with them. But Luann, I'm not kidding, rewatch that scene. It was like her eyes were every which way but Ramona's face. She couldn't care less about her head, Ramona's head. She just looked, I don't know what she was looking at. It was like she's looking at a, watching a movie. You know, when you're sitting with someone on a date or something, you're both watching a movie and you're not, you're talking, but you're watching the TV. It was like, that's what Luann was doing. But they're so awkward together, I love it. Then we cut back to the Berkshires. Dorinda's talking to Len, the housekeeper. She said, look, Len, when these women come, you cannot get them tea, do not get them coffee, do not get them anything. Let them do it themselves. 
Um, Dorinda then reveals that she got rid of all of Richard's stuff. And I think Dorinda's mic is the worst one, right? I don't Her and Luann are tied for like whose sound is the worst in the at-home confessionals. And I think it's Dorinda. Um, but it's so fun. They give us like little flashbacks throughout this episode of all the times we've had in the Berkshires. And we've had so many. We had Dorinda's, I decorated, I cooked, I made it nice. We had Sonia's Morgan letters. We have the moment when Dorinda Mrs. Doubt fired herself into uh, the open lit cake. Remember when the candles were lit and Dorinda just stuck her face right in? She stuck the face right in the open flame. And that was a moment that I will never forget. And I thought we've had so much fun here. I was so excited for all the women to arrive. And I thought, what's in store for us next? Uh, Luann and Ramona, they drive together. Uh, when they arrive, Luann gives us a little hola, chiquitas, she did, which she did in uh, the, the other trip overseas. She did the hola, chiquitas. And I don't know if she's trying to make that a tagline or where she got the hola, chiquitas at, but she does a lot of hola, chiquita work, Luann. I'm just noticing that this episode. I was like, I've heard that from her many a time. Um, and one time was when she wore the Sofia Vergara wig. Remember, she thought she was Sofia Vergara? And she did the Ola Chiquita work then. And now she's doing it. She's not wearing a Sofia Vergara rig. It's literally just a holidays at the Berkshires and or Luann is showing up like, Ola Chiquitas! And to that I say, bravo, Luann. Whatever you gotta do. Uh, Dorinda gives them all the tour. She says that the fish room's been redone. Uh, that's where Luann's staying. And as they're like getting us to the fish room, they're playing like Jaws music. <laughs> I love when they do like the different kind of musical cues on the show. They played like a Jaws music and then there's a, a shark in the bed, and Luann get in there, uh, laid with it, and she was like trying to do some comedy work with the big shark in the bed. And then it was so funny because then they take Dorinda, Dorinda takes them to Ramona's room that she's staying in, and Dorinda also put like a fake fish or a stuffed fish or I don't know some fish on the bed uh, that Ramona's staying in, and it was like a fish with like a pointy nose. I don't know what kind of fish. Look, I don't know the species. I don't know the different kinds of fish as well as I should. You know, for how many hours I've played of Animal Crossing on the Switch, I should know the fish uh, pretty well by now, but I don't. Uh, but there was a pointy-nosed fish on the bed, and Ramona like wanted to one-up the comedy bit that Luann had done when she jumped in the bed with a shark. And so Ramona, who's not necessarily someone who's versed in comedy, I don't believe she took any classes at Second City or the Groundlings, um, but Ramona tried to do her own little comedy bit with that fake fish, and she put her chest... She put that sharp nose in between her boobs, and it was like she was trying to do some prop comedy, like Carrot Top style, and it nothing quite worked. Um, but she did try, and she, A for effort, because Ramona did. She hopped right in there, and she thought, what can I do with this big fish? Like, Luann just jumped in the bed with it and cuddled with it. Like, what can I do? I can't do that. And so it was like you could see the wheels turning in her head because she realized she was on camera and she had to make something funny. So she didn't know what else to do. She put the pointy nose right in between her breasts. And uh, it wasn't necessarily funny in the ways that she thought it was going to be funny, but I laughed. I, I laughed. Um, Ramona's also trying to do this thing where she's giving out positive energy. She's like, Dorinda and I, are, uh, we need to be in a good place. So she apologizes to Dorinda, and then now she's trying to overly be nice, which we know is not her baseline. Ramona's baseline is not nice. Ramona's baseline is being an asshole. And so when she's nice, she's overcompensating for it. And it, she was doing it a lot this episode. Until it came to Elise. Until it came to Elise, who Elise had posted something on her Instagram which said, it's all fun and games until someone pisses me off. Now, this is the kind of energy that I would like to see from Elise, and I was hoping to see it in person. Unfortunately, like, 
that's the thing. I get really excited about something that's going to happen with Elise. And then she unfortunately lets me down because she's again, a normal, stable person. And so she's not a crazy confrontational woman, which is a great thing. Uh, but not necessarily great when we're watching it on a reality TV show. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but Ramona had unfollowed Elise. Uh, Elise also had arrived solo to this trip, which I felt bad for. Um, so they're all, Sonia says they're all getting ready to pile on Ramona. And she said, I'm pissed at Ramona. Dorinda's pissed at her. Elise is pissed at her. When Elise arrives, Ramona does not say hi to her. Uh, they sit at that dining room table that we've had so many moments with. Um, and they start talking about balls at one point. I know Leah said she slept with a guy with one ball once. And then Sonia just offhandedly while she was sober said, I heard you could get pregnant with one ball. And then we just move on. That was it. We move on. Uh, Trinda shows Elise her room and, uh, Dorinda says to Elise, Trinda says, if Ramona did that to me, meaning unfollowed me, she says, I'd be heartbroken. Now, Elise says, yeah, I feel betrayed. And Trinda says, well, yeah, heartbroken. Now, Dorinda or Trinda is really trying to get Elise against Ramona, and she's really stirring the pot here, and I appreciate that. And we need that on these shows. And I really, I was clapping along, and I was saying, bravo, Dorinda, for doing this, because she's stirring it up. And we need women on these shows to do that. And so I was so happy about it. And she's getting lit, too. Dorinda was starting to get drunk. And... You know, we always get, we get a couple different versions of her when she's drunk. And I noticed this episode that sometimes Dorinda has a little bit of a Chewbacca voice when she's drunk. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that, but she was doing like a, she did a shame on you. So she's like, shame on you. (laughs) Shame on you. Like she did a shame. She said shame on you. They showed it in the commercial too, or the preview. Sure. And it was a different kind of drunk voice than I'm used to with Dorinda, because normally it's like, but this time, and I left it. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like Chewbacca. And uh, it made me really happy. But uh, she's doing a good job of stirring it up with Elise. Leah says that uh, Ramona's just going to gaslight Elise. So Elise and Ramona go and chat and try to have the conversation elsewhere. And uh, Leah says she's not having it. And then Dorinda's so happy while she's watching Ramona squirm. Um, But then when it's revealed that like Ramona and Elise are just sort of diffusing the fight, like the fight's not really going anywhere, that's when Dorinda like really like lets loose. (laughs) And she's like going to go after it. And we'll get there. We'll get there. but Ramona says to Elise, like, look, Dorinda and I had an, uh, an altercation, and Elise, you tried to get in the mix. You tried to get in the middle of it. You were being narcissistic, she says. Not narcissistic. She says narcissistic. Um, and so they're fighting, and then they fight in front of the women again. So they go, at, at one point, uh, Ramona and Elise go to another room to fight, and then they come back in front of the women. And that's when Luann starts saying, this is better than Broadway. This is better than Broadway. And she keeps doing... Broadway metaphors. She's like, I'm going to buy a ticket for this box office hit. You know, she keeps doing these Broadway, I don't know, puns or whatever. And um, it's a little bit weird, but that's where they're really setting up that Luann's going to, you know, go off about the cabaret. And I was so excited for Luann to get in the mix again because she's been taking a backseat, taking a backseat. But then Elise and Ramona, they go to the room again. Luann sticks up for Ramona to Dorinda. At this point, Dorinda is wasted. She's wasted. And 
she's just at the beginning of it, but she's definitely wasted. Um, and I was thinking about how Luann was sticking up for Ramona in front of Dorinda. And then I was thinking about that whole Jill Zarin thing. And when Jill Zarin was on Instagram Live, she said that Luann was the one who invited her to Dorinda's, I believe. And that was when Dorinda said no. And so I wondered if there was some animosity about that between Luann and Dorinda. Maybe I was reading into that and I was wrong, but I was, I, I was definitely thinking that. Uh, then uh, I also got to mention Ramona's talking about her friend number. At this point, she says she has 50 close friends, she tells Elise. And at one point, it was 60 friends, then it was 80, now it's 50. And I don't know why she keeps counting them. And who's counting them? Who's getting these numbers? Um, but then Dorinda's mad at Ramona for calling her out about being drunk. So Dorinda's drunk at this point, and she's like, Ramona, who says when you, who says when you say, a friend walks in a room and you say, are you drunk? Who says that? That's a mean thing to say. So now Dorinda's getting in the mix, uh, fighting with Ramona. And she's sort of drunk while she's saying it. Who says someone's drunk? She said, you're not happy being with us anymore. And she was right about that. Ramona's not happy being with this group. And I don't believe that Ramona wants to be on the show anymore. I don't believe it. Um, but eventually Dorinda and Ramona make up. Ramona and Elise make up. And I think we're kind of done with the episode, but then it takes a turn. It takes a turn. Before it does, Ramona and Dorinda, they talk by a fire and they say, you guys, these Berkshire's episodes, aren't they so wild? Because it's like everyone moves from room to room and we get like a little scene in front of the fire and then we get a scene in the dining room. And that's the beauty of these Berkshire's episodes is that house feels like it's a never ending house. If they ever do another Clue movie, you know, the movie Clue, they need to do it at the Berkshire's Dorinda's house. That's where they need to film it, because there's so many fucking rooms at this house, and they're all themed or named, um, but they move every scene we're getting uh, somewhere else. Um, but so Dorinda and Ramona are by the fire, and they're talking about men, and Ramona says, a lot of men are intimidated by us. And then Dorinda says, a strong man will laugh at us and at that and say, you do you. And I thought, what the fuck did Dorinda just say? What did she just say? She said, a strong man will laugh at that and say, you do you. And look, I don't know exactly what that means. It sort of makes sense if you really like think about it, but I'm not sure that anyone in the moment, Ramona or the camera people, understood what Dorinda was saying. Because she says, a strong man will laugh at that and say, you do you. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it also makes no sense at all. <laughs> you do you. It sounded like that speech she gave and when she was wasted and talking about the heroin addict. You do you. Uh, anyway, then, uh, let's see. There's a scene where Leah and Sonia are taking, talking about big dicks. Sonia says, I don't, want, uh, I don't like big dicks. I want romance. And Leah says, I want someone to put their tongue in my butt. Uh, there's all sorts of things happening. Elise is even getting drunk. She's pouring the vodka, pouring a strong drink. Um, then they all get together in one of the other rooms. And that's where Sonia reveals that Luann doesn't pay her or only pays her $225. And this sets Luann off. Countess Luann de Lesseps does not like this. She says, I don't need you. Go fuck yourself. I have a major Broadway talent. I have major Broadway talent in my shows. And Luann and Sonia just fight. Sonia says, we're so fucking funny together. That's why it works. And Luann is just taking it the wrong way. She says, I don't want you in my show. I have my own cabaret show, and that's huge. I don't want you in my show, bitch. And I've never seen Luann get so upset. She seems very upset about this. And that's when Dorinda really fans the flames, and she says, that's not acceptable, she says to Sonia. And Luann's drunk. 
they're all drunk right now. And this is taking a turn for me again, because we're just getting a lot of drunkenness and it's a lot. But um, Luann says, she's horrible. I don't want her in my show. I did it for her. And I just got to say, let us all remember that Sonia was the one who first started the idea of these like kind of cabaret shows. Remember, she was doing the cabaretesque. And I do really believe it was Sonia's idea to do a cabaret show. She was trying to get that cabaretesque off the ground. It didn't quite work. Remember, she was doing the spoken word poetry where she would just like say sentences that didn't make any sense. And then it, it would be like, I put a dress on and then you found my body. Like that would be the, that would be like one of the lines from her cabaretesque. It was spoken, so it was uh, such a weird delivery of those lines. Um, but Sonia really was the the one who started it. And so Luann now saying, I don't need you. I got this own successful thing. I just thought, come on, Luann. Like, be nicer, Sonia. I don't like when people are mean to my Sonorita. Although I've been frustrated at Sonia this season, I don't like when anyone's mean to her. Um, but Dorinda, I gotta say, she's talking to Sonia, and she's just saying, that's not acceptable for Luann to talk to you like that. You're a warrior. It's unacceptable. Are you weak? Sonia, let me ask you a question. Are you weak? Fuck that shit. Come on, what the fuck? Are you weak? That's unacceptable. You're a warrior. You're a warrior. It's unacceptable. I love love her. She doesn't love you. You allow a love that's not a love. I love her. She does love you right now. I love that Luann. is and not acceptable. You want me to stand up for you right now? So I'll stand shows. up for you because I'll stand up for you because I'm a warrior. That's not acceptable <laughs> behavior. No, because you're so weak. Because you're I can't weak. Do them. Are you weak, Sonia Morgan? I'm not weak. You need me to be strong. No. no, you didn't. I sat there and accepted it. Then she goes and confronts Luann. She says, that's a weak play, Luann. Come on, we're strong warriors. Shame on you. That's, that's weak play. What? She's crying. She's weak play. You know she's weak. Can you do that? Come on, Luke. We're strong what, warriors. What weak play? You're going, you're never going to be in my show. No. Be in this. She's not. That's I don't want her in my show. Play. Shame on you. Why shame, shame on, on you? You sit with a friend that stood by you in your journey of sobriety. Yes, in your journey of sobriety. You want to forget that we're not forgetting it. No, I didn't she forget that. Now that's a monologue. That's a monologue Dorinda gave. Shakespearean even. And then Luann ends the episode by saying, you're not coming into my show ever, she says to Sonia. And that's how the episode ends with to be continued. The women are drunker than ever and next week continues. Seems like they get even more drunk. Uh, and that's, that's it. That's the episode, you guys. A lot of housewives to cover. A lot of housewives. But we're back. Um, I love you all. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram. If you want to support the Patreon, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 or more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I do just one a month, one bonus episode a month. But more importantly, the money helps to support the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who supports over there. I really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to be covering Potomac. I just did a, a recap of the very first episode of Real Houses of Potomac. I hope you'll all catch up and join me on the Potomac journey when they start August 3rd. I'm not sure how we're going to do the episodes. I think we're going to go back to doing two per week, so the episodes will be split up. But we'll figure that out. Just subscribe to the podcast, and you'll get all the new episodes. Uh, if you want any of the t-shirts or any of the things we have for sale, you can go to everythingiconic.store. Please subscribe to the new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, Yeah, that's all. I have a very great interview with Jay Manuel coming up. 
from America's Next Top Model that if you were a fan of Next Top Model, oh, you guys, it's a good interview. It'll be coming up in a week or two. But uh, I love you all so much for listening. Please stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, and oh, a couple things I got to mention. Mariah Carey's got a new book coming out. My queen icon legend, my favorite person on the earth. Mariah Carey's releasing a book and it's through Andy Cohen's new publishing imprint. So I'm very excited. I already pre-ordered mine and I cannot wait. We're going to be covering it on the show. I'll do like a whole episode about it like I did with Jessica Simpson's book. Uh, I cannot wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, I also got to say, uh, I'm devastated by the news about Naya Rivera. As of this recording, as when I'm recording this, they uh, still have not found her. Um, but the news that was coming out uh, was just devastating. And she was she was such a talent. And always my favorite performances on that show were hers. I loved her singing voice was just, I loved it. Loved it more than anyone else on that show. I, I could listen to her sing the phone book. I thought it was and she had so much talent and uh, it's just devastating so I, I, my heart goes out to the family and and friends and I, my heart goes out to everyone i love you all uh please let's take a moment to breathe and relax and regroup so let's all take a deep breath in hold it breathe out let's take another deep breath in hold it think of something you're grateful for breathe out Let's take one more deep breath in. Breathe out. Thank you guys for listening. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. 
Code Program.